Royals Rundown Podcast, the Kansas City Royals Podcast, in association with Inside the Royals. I am Jake Melhammond. Joining me tonight, I have Lucas Murphy on the podcast. Lucas, how you doing on this fine, rainy night? <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. Honestly, I, um, I, I feel good. I'm excited for baseball, and then, of course, the weather comes in and kind of that, but... Yeah, man, I'm doing pretty solid, kind of getting back into the work week. Had a busy weekend, but how about you? Look, man, I I wish we could have a four-day weekend every single weekend. You know, going back into work today felt very weird. Um, It was very much a Monday, but you know what? Got to get back in the swing of things eventually, so there's never really a good time to end the weekend, in my opinion. But hey, yeah, so I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday night right now. The game is in a rain delay. They actually just announced first pitch. So, hey, we'll uh, hopefully get the whole podcast in before first pitch, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it, it rolled through pretty quick. So, yeah, they're going to get that field ready. And I bet I bet we'll uh, we'll get first pitch probably towards the end. There we go. There we go. Um, you know, before the first pitch in the Blue Jays series comes up, let's recap the Houston series a little bit. Um, Royals lost two. They won the Saturday game. Um, it was very, I, I don't know, man. I'm not taking a whole lot of good things away from this series. Um, Salvador Perez had an absolutely scorching start to the month of June. I will say that multiple home runs. Um, I think in both the Saturday and Sunday games, he accounted for most of the runs via home run and RBIs. Um, so that was a good thing to see him kind of get the bat hot again. But outside of that, the bullpen just was not getting it done. Um, Brady Singer really got roughed up um, for his first bad outing since coming back from Omaha. Um, Jonathan Easley, though, did have a quality start on Sunday. Um, his past two starts have been considered quality starts. So, Lucas, what are you taking away from the Astro series? Um, I, I, I get a little concerned and, and this is something I always talk about is when you, ch- you face true, I would say authentic playoff baseball teams, uh, what caliber of Royals are we going to get? And I think to me, it was, um, it was definitely a letdown. I would, I was hoping singer would kind of come out and really prove like a resurgence. Hey, I really am taking that step forward. I get, you know, there's a lot of factors, but uh, the type of game he had was, to me, kind of like a little revealing, I guess, concerning a little bit. Um, I was completely 100% blown away by Bubich's start. I didn't even expect we, – we talked in the last episode who we thought could have potentially got called up, and uh, I did not expect it to be Bubich. So, for him to have the outing he had, a, especially against, like I said, a, a playoff caliber type of team was very impressive. And then I, the quality start from Heasley – I really like Jonathan. He's, I think once he really gets the feel for the major leagues and gets going, um, I'm excited for what he can provide. And then, you know, like you said, Salvador Perez coming out the gate, bringing some fire finally. And um, I'm excited to hopefully see him turn things around. Uh, I I really think this offense rides on him a lot. And I think, uh, you know, there's, that's when, when you see him kind of go, I think a lot of people would follow and for him to be down, I think that, really just kind of brings that whole offense down. So uh, not, not a super excited, I guess, series. Um, and I don't think this one's going to be any better against the Blue Jays. Yeah, I'm not, um, you know, I wasn't very optimistic about the Astros series. I'm not too terribly optimistic about this um, hard-hitting 
Blue Jays team. Um, they have they have quality pitching. Don't get me wrong, but their bread and butter is going to be those balls coming off the bats. Um, you know, may, maybe some of those big swings stay in Kaufman. Maybe um, you know this new we kind of have a new outfield that's supposed to debut tonight between um, Isbell out in left field, Mike Lay Taylor in center field, and MJ Melendez getting another start out in right field. Um, I do want to talk about the Andrew Benatendi not being in tonight's lineup. Um, so lo- long story short, Benny took a pretty nasty foul ball off off of his calf, and I'm sure that that contusion just swole, just swollen to all get out, man. I mean, have you ever taken a shot like that? I have, man, and uh, shin, calf, I- I've done it all, and it's uh, it takes a little bit for sure, and then you get kind of rest, you sleep on it, you wake up the next day, and you're like, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, and, you know, kudos to him. He-, he toughed it out for a few more innings, but they did eventually pull him from the game because it just, and this is what Benny said, it just got tighter and tighter. So that's not what it's not something you want being out in left field having to kind of explode around, you know? Yeah, you definitely don't want it, especially when it's kind of that crampy like feel where it you definitely feel the tightness. Uh, it's yeah, give them some days off. They're, you're not making the playoffs as of right now. Like you're you're gonna potentially trade this guy. Like you want him fully healthy. Get him on the kind of the bench for a couple of days. Well, yeah, and that was so. That was something that um, a lot of the Royals content creators were talking about when he was pulled from the game. Um, you know, the the hashtag hug watch was going around a lot, and I I was putting it out there as well. Um, look, I really, you know, sometimes deals kind of get finalized mid game. It's not unheard of. Um, it is rare though, and I definitely think that this organization does need to prioritize Benny's health right now because he is their biggest trade chip right now. And if they do commit to punting on this season, Ben Tendy can fetch some pretty good prospects in return, right? Yeah, for sure. I would want him to, I think you should at least get a, a top 100 for, for Ben Tendy. Now we're at on that top 100 list and obviously with which team, but I think he could easily for the type of play that he's, been producing at the plate and i would still say a little bit average to a little bit above average type of defense you should easily be able to get a, a top 100 prospect for ben attendee and then you know maybe you throw in a, a garbage piece with it but yeah i definitely think that that's kind of where i'm at with with what you should get yeah for sure i definitely think the um i am deep down disappointed that the royals couldn't work out something long term with ben attendee to be honest um, but I guess I would, I would only get more frustrated if they signed him to a big money, long-term deal. And then they did, then they use that as an excuse to do nothing else. Yeah. Um, which I can definitely see this ownership making that a whole point for multiple seasons to come. So yeah. look, if, if we can get a young outfield prospect, um, maybe, you know, a couple of pitching prospects in, in return, you know, I'm not, I would definitely love any top 100. I'm thinking at least a top 10 prospect in a respective organization. For sure. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't think like you're going to get like anywhere close in the top 10 or anything like that. But I do think like if you wanted to pull like a 70 and then maybe like a bottom end, maybe not, not even necessarily ranked in the, in the organization type of prospect, one that may be a project, but 
I think you could get like a 70 to a hundred for Benettini. I really do. Especially a, a team that may have a guy that got onto the IR and, uh, and a perfect example, one that I keep thinking of is like the Phillies, for example, mm-hmm. like what if, uh, what, you know, what if they traded him to the Phillies because you know, obviously Bryce Harper's situation with his injury and him having the DH, uh, you know, maybe that's something they look at. Um, there's a lot of contending teams right now that I think, you know, the, 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 the Red Sox could always be an option again yeah. too. I mean, I know they got Verdugo over there and, uh, you know, some guys playing kind of rotational stuff, but maybe he comes back to the Boston too, if he wants to. So it'd be interesting, man. That it would. And look, I, I'm going to be the villain of the podcast here. I'm going to suggest it. It is a common sense fit with the New York Yankees right now. <laughs> <laughs> look, the, the Yankees need another outfielder right now. Um, you know, I've, I have seen a lot of crazy trade packages. I mean, you, you know, these Yankees fans a few years before it was always, well, give us your best player. We'll give you Clint Frazier and X, Y, and Z along with them. Now it's, uh, Miguel Andujar, I believe is who it is. Um, who just, which, you know, they were, I saw a package earlier that was like Andujar and, um, a cut and, like one of the Yankees top draft picks from last year. Um, so I definitely think that the Yankees could put something together, but also they could pay Ben attendee after this year if they really wanted to. So I, I think his trademark is going to heat up, man. I, I tell you honestly, though, if, if we're going to get very, very specific, I, the one that I dream of, and again, it's a project and it would be, but if they could get in the teams in town, if they could get Nate Pearson from the blue Jays, uh, that would be like my, like, you know, I I've wrote a couple, you know, ideas up. I even wrote a piece for inside the Royals, um, on that, on that topic. And man, if we could get Pearson here, man, that'd be phenomenal. There we go. We'll make sure to go check out that that piece. Learn a little bit more about him because I, hey, I'm gonna lie to you, man. I have no clue who you're talking about. <laughs> really? Yeah, really? I'm serious, man. Yeah, big dude throws hard. Uh, was really, I think he worked his way up. He was very highly uh, uh, touted prospect and just seems to struggle to get into the zone at times. Kind of like a, I don't want to say, I don't want to say senior because that's not really, I guess, a good comparison, but. He just kind of like, I guess Carlos Hernandez in a way throws hard, uh, but his breaking stuff uh, when I, and when I say breaking stuff, Pearson's breaking stuff is unreal. So yeah, that'd be like my, if we're going to get super specific, just Pearson and maybe something else, that'd be pretty cool. Okay. There we go. Uh, yeah. Hey, a lot of those hard throwing little control guys on this Royals team right now, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, Dayton, I think has got to make a solid move in this situation because of what's been going on. So it may not happen and I could be just dreaming. No, nah, Hey, you know what? Um, I definitely, I definitely think the Royals are going to be sellers at the deadline, you know, whatever, kind of like the Solaire deal last year, you know, They'll, they'll take a bag of chips at this point. It's still chips. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and shift over to the Blue Jays series a little bit more. Um, Daniel Lynch is supposed to get the start on Tuesday night. Um, we are we are about 30 minutes right now from first pitch. But on June the 7th, you got Brad Keller. And June the 8th, you have Brady Singer. So kind of the gambit of the young uh, pitchers right now for the Kansas City Royals. Um, out of those three, 
Lucas, who do you think has the best performance this series, Lynch, Keller, or Singer? Mm. I'm going to say, gosh, dang. I'm going to say Brad Keller. Okay. That's that's a pretty safe choice. He had, outside of like one or two outings, he's probably been the Royals' best pitcher this year, in my opinion. I really wanted to go Lynch, but... I think he, at times he get, he struggles once he gets behind in the count, and that's where they take advantage of that. And like you said, in, in when we first talked about the Blue Jays, I mean you can go up and down this lineup, and they smoke the baseball. So if he struggles with the breaking pitch and really starts to rely on that fastball a lot, they're going to tee up. And I guess the same could be said for all three of these pitchers, honestly. So, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Brad Keller. I think he needs to kind of start bouncing back. For sure. And you know what? I, I have to say it. He is probably one of the top five trade candidates for this Royals team right now. <laughs> so a little <laughs> bit of a bounce back game would not be too bad at all. You know, we got them all on the fire line, man. I tell you what, man, that's, it's kind of, it's kind of frustrating, but I'm not, I'm not upset about it at this point because, you know, worst record in the, in a league, there's you can't really come back from that <laughs> too you know, often. I, I really just kind of wonder what the morale is like in the front office because, I mean, as in the offseason, we were talking because we were kind of seeing this vision where they were like, uh, this is going to be kind of like a transitional year. And, you know, we kind of expect this to really start to be that rebound year where we start to head in the right direction. I don't anticipate a hundred loss season being one that you're rebounding and heading in the right direction. To me, that, that shows that your their ship's sinking, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and I just wonder like, what's morale? Like, are they still positive? And like in 14 and 15 where Dayton comes out and is like, I knew this was going to happen. I saw this riding on the wall. Like, is he still like that him and uh, you know, JJ or what, what is going on? Like, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, this, this is going to be a little bit of a two-part. I'll say my piece and kind of a segue into another thing that's concerning about morale in the clubhouse. Um, I definitely think that Royals fans and probably ownership have been very forgiving to Dayton Moore and the front office for the back-to-back World Series appearances and the World Series. There's... You know, there's there's nothing wrong with thinking about the fact that less than, what was it, seven years ago, the Royals won the freaking World Series. But that's all. That's also another thing. They've gone from seven years ago to winning the World Series to, what, like a hundred loss season, like three seasons later? I mean, the drop-off was drastic with this team, and it is, it's very frustrating, but there's going to be a large pocket of um, and I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to sound uneducated about the Royals fan base, but I believe that there's going to be a large pocket of the Royals fan base that says, Oh, well, Dayton Moore and this staff, they brought us X, Y, and Z. So we should stay the course with them because maybe they could do it again by 2045. Maybe, you know, like that's the, that's the timeline is the 30 years we win a world series. Right. I, I, I agree with that. I'll let you finish your point. But I, I think like from a fan base perspective, I think they're fed up with, and this is just kind of hearing what's going on here in Kansas City. 
Yeah. I think, I think they're fed up with the fact that you're still lugging a Carlos Santana out there oh, yeah. when you have Vinny P down in the minors and that, that right there would alone, if you, and I'm, there's nothing that's guaranteeing he's going to have that same success up here, but you have that ability to bring him up and they're not doing it. And I think as a fan base, we're getting tired of, you know, kind of seeing the the veterans that are just kind of here to be here. And that's what you're hearing from the fans. And like, you know, like you even mentioned the loyalty aspect, yeah. um, too much loyalty to certain players. And, and at times, man, that gets a little frustrating. Like I get your, you're a small market club. And when a team, a player kind of gives you that, you know, small market kind of vibe, like discount, I guess you could say you want to kind of, I guess, give them a, a reward in return, but that doesn't always mean it's going to be a good contract. So yeah, I, uh, it, it's definitely tough. It's a tough situation. I was interested to see, cause you and I talked multiple times about attendance mm-hmm. and I was interested in, we had a beautiful weekend, yeah. uh, weather wise, everything. And I was interested to see the attendance and man, it, I just, I, it's what I thought it was going to be. Honestly, I think people are disappointed. I just think that there's a lot of factors that are playing into what's going on. So yeah, not to get off on a super long tangent or soapbox, but yeah, man, I think it's just, it's where I'm at. And, uh, I know you're kind of getting there too, or, or have been there. Yeah, I've, I've definitely been there. I currently, I think, you know, how there's different stages of grief. Yeah. I think I'm in the stage of Royals fandom where I'm just like accepting of it, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. um, which is, you know, and I'll, I'll talk about the Vinny P stuff here, here in a second, but there's, there's only so much shouting at the wall that you can do. Um, we have dozens of Royals content creators out there saying, Hey, like X, Y, and Z, these are the common sense moves that this team should make. Um, but, but the team's not making them. And, you know, maybe there's something behind the scenes that we're not seeing, but you have people who have been in the game for decades. I mean, even Flanny was talking about it on Twitter. Um, People have been around this organization, fans, they're all saying the same things, but the front office is not making the moves. And I will say this about Vinny Pasquantino. I, and this is a little bit of the acceptance part of the grief stage, because I just thought, I thought about it today. I am glad that they have not called him up when there are not everyday at-bats ready for him. Mm -hmm. If, if that makes sense. So you know, let's say I think Dozier is a good trade candidate. Let's say Dozier gets traded for, you know, a bucket of arms that'll go down to double A. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, now there are some more everyday at bats available. Maybe we see Pasquantino come up. Or, um, okay, I'm going to avoid the Santana tangent because we've added enough on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anywho's, I, I am glad that they haven't done that. They've allowed him to get everyday reps there in Omaha. So I think that is a positive, but that could just be me trying to see the silver lining, you know? No, I agree. But I think to your point, there should be everyday at bats for him at the major league level. Yes. yes. And, and that's the disappointment. And like, I get, I get exactly where you're coming from. So I would much rather them do what they're doing instead of him coming up and where it was kind of, MJ Melendez at first was kind of like on, off, on, off, mm-hmm. like, and then Isbell, I mean, in the first month, like how many times did Isbell actually play? Right. So for me, yeah, I would much rather Vinny P get his stuff, but at this point in the season, he should be getting every day at bats at the major league level. Like you're not 
you're not going to go to the playoffs. You're just not like, we have to accept that at this point in the season yeah. and, and they should start making moves. I, in my opinion, whether it's time and service, whatever the reasoning is, I've heard so many rumors that there's one pitch that he can't hit in a certain zone. If that's really the case, man, then that's insane. That's insanity right there. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of other guys too. I mean, there really is. And it's just, I get you got to get guys time to, to understand the game, but man, it's just, it's frustrating. Well, um, okay. I will let's, let's touch on the attendance real fast because you, you were absolutely right about the attendance from this weekend compared to, um, even just the last weekend, the Royals were in Kaufman. Um, so it's, it has been a long time. The road trip was pretty long. But, you know, they were using things like the, the school year, the weather, um, all sorts of things to as an excuse to why there was low attendance. Um, I mean, even from the twin series with the, with the Astros in town, attendance dropped by, it's looking about like 3,000 each day. So like, for example, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the twins, it went 25,000. Um, nearly 18,000 and then 15,000. And this past weekend, it went 22,000, 14,000, and 12,000. So it's it's going in the wrong direction um, despite, you know, did, did you see that uh, $30 pass thing that the Royals are doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I laughed about that. I think <sighs> it's a, it's a cry. It's a, it's a shot across the bow for, you know, hey, we need people to come out to the ballpark type of thing. That's all it is. It it really is, and it is such it's such a blatant desperation move that even the most loyal fans saw right through. So oh, kudos yeah. to those who who saw it and called it out for what it is. Um, I believe friend of the podcast, Yost Malone, had the best point. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you you spend thirty dollars for all the games, but then how much is parking for all the games? Oh yeah. They're going to get it. They're going to get their money's worth. They don't just come up with something. There's a, there's a, that's why I was joking in our group chat. I was like, read the fine print. Yep. And you know what? Yeah. They're, they're going to get theirs, man. They're going to get theirs. Um, yeah, to, to kind of, oh, well, hold on one more thing about the whole loyalty thing you're talking about, because Dozier is a part of the loyalty thing. Um, and definitely Whit Merrifield has been, been a big part of the loyalty parade in Kansas City. I mean, he came on right after the World Series, and he's kind of ridden with the team to now. Um, and he was a late bloomer, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but he talked on... I think it was the Cody and Gold show mm-hmm. um, a few days ago. Yeah. And dude just, he didn't have, he was very ho-hum in his tone. Um, he didn't have a whole lot of good, like positive things to say about the future of yeah. um, this team, just even the immediate, immediate future. Um, like the quote that stuck with me, if I'm reading it right here, is I don't know where it went wrong these first 48 or 59 games in, but it's gone wrong. And he's just kind of, and the rest of the rest of the interview, he's just kind of throwing his hands up about it. Like, yeah. And I, I don't know how to take that because Whit Merrifield was one of the worst batters 
on this team at one point. Um, so I think if he would have said something like this when he was like that, fans would have been crying out about it. But now that he's hot, there, there's a little bit of leniency there. But Lucas, um, Salvador Perez had similar things to say. Very ho-hum, very kind of down the middle. Um, when your veteran leaders are saying stuff like that, like how does that make the young players feel? That And, and that, this is exactly what I talked about with a, a good friend of mine is – and I've talked about with, with you so many times, the young guys bring a fire of passion because they're excited about the game and what they're, and I'm not saying like Salvador Perez, cause we know his passion for the game, but the youth movement that was coming, they, they're excited because they're in the major leagues. They're excited to be around the game of baseball. But when you have guys like that, where it's very just like, kind of like I'm here to be here, which is insane because you're getting paid good money to play an absolute kids game but for them to act like that it really does bring morale down and that it reflects in the record it reflects in how you play as a team it reflects in the dugout it reflects when you're going to the locker room um and that's why you really kind of see and honestly man good teams that have good morale good really kind of good friendships that's what translates into success on the field you and I, I really, I believe that 100%. I think that there, obviously there's a lot more to the game of baseball than just statistics and numbers. Um, and I think this is a perfect example. And, you know, that's always kind of been what Merrifield's attitude too. Like there's times where he's kind of shown some excitement, but he's always been kind of like a flat guy. And I, yeah. I think he's at the end of his Royals career. I really do. And I think that there's been multiple times where he thought maybe he was going somewhere and he wasn't. And now that this team is kind of doing what it's doing, I mean, I'm sure his morale and his excitement to play in, in the blue uniform is not very good. And it's just, it just stinks, man. That's just how it is. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I understand where he's coming from, but I also think like as a veteran for young guys that are coming up, it's your job to show them the way and show them how to play this game the right way, no matter what the situation is. And I think if your attitude is poor, um, you know, then I think that they need to get rid of them. Yeah, for sure. You want, I'm not calling Whit Merrifield a, a cancer in the clubhouse. No, 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 no. If, if, if he is dragging other people down, then, you know, send them to a contender if you can and just, and be done with it, close the chapter and move on. Yeah. Um, but I did, I definitely think that as this team continues to slide, which, I think most fans are expecting more losses in the near future. Um, I think that you'll start seeing more of these kind of statements and they'll get more and more negative um, because there's, we're beyond the point of like, well, we're just having a slow start, have some patience, this, that, and the other thing. Like this, this team is just bad right now. Yeah. It's yeah. no, no way around it, but look, Let's let's go ahead and try and close out on a little bit of a positive note because you were you were talking about like the like the big strong hurlers um, and I don't know why but that brought up uh, my fond memories of Chris Young pitching for the Royals <laughs> and like he was this big tall kind of he, he was well built um, big tall guy and he didn't have a whole lot of velocity. If, it, if I'm recalling correctly. 
Correct. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of velocity, but I, I really liked Chris Young when he was in Kansas City. So I wanted to ask you, Lucas, who is a pitcher that kind of gets forgotten about in Kansas City that is like a personal favorite of yours? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, so I, I always – okay, I'm going to give you two. Uh, relief pitcher – one of my favorite guys of all time. I couldn't tell you why I just always gravitated towards him. I don't know if it's his demeanor. I feel like when I was a kid, I always wanted to pitch like him was Jonathan Broxton. Okay. I know that name. Jonathan Broxton came in. I, I got to sit front row, take a picture of him. I was so excited, man. Like I got to see Jonathan Broxton close a baseball game. Um, another one for me, I think that often kind of goes to the wayside and maybe not loyal, loyal KC fans, but would be like a Paul Bird. Like, okay. I think Paul Bird really was a was a special pitcher for the Royals in that time that he was here. Um, and so I always I always liked watching Paul Bird pitch. And like I said, loyal fans probably are going to be like, that's a silly answer. But I think the <laughs> average Royals fan uh, may not have remembered Paul Bird. Well, for sure. I mean, shoot, I wouldn't talk to many you know, casual Royals fans about, Hey, do you remember Chris Young? Like, are, are, are you talking about the Rangers GM? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was trying to think some more in like more of like the world series time, like Jeremy Guthrie, I think it was a little underrated. And then yeah. obviously Ed of Edison Volquez, like I was always a big yeah. fan. And when he got to the Royals too, it was like, has he got enough left in the tank? And uh, and then, you know, that, yeah, that's man. That I always try to think 14 and 15 because there was a huge stretch there before that, where it was a little, a little rough. Oh my gosh. Well, now, now you got me thinking about, I couldn't remember when Aaron Crow is pitching. That would have been in like my, like he was like on my time frame for like when I graduated school. So he would have been 12 ish. No, it's like, mm, yeah, I want to say like, Around that time, 10, 11, 12? Yeah, he's uh, – so he pitched four, four seasons, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. I don't know what – I'm, I'm going to have to do some research because I'm, I'm curious what happened to him. He only pitched – he only has four years on baseball reference. Injury. Injury? Was it really? Yeah, he got – I think he got traded to the Marlins, and then I think he – I might have had Tommy John or shoulder surgery or something, and I don't think he ever came back. Oh yeah, that's that's exactly what it looks like. Man, that's tough. He was, he was actually pretty solid. You know, if you really look at it, Missouri, man, they had they had some pitching. Uh, I mean, because Scherzer, I believe, was there. I mm-hmm. think they had Crow. Uh, they had Gibson. Um, man, that yeah, they they had some pitchers. I don't think their hitting was very good, but man, they had some pitching for sure. That's the truth. That's the truth. Well, hey, listen, Lucas, I'm going to go past the normal, you know, social media spiel. If folks are still listening right now, they already know where to follow us. (laughs) True that. Exactly. But, hey, again, uh, Lucas, thanks for coming on tonight, man. For sure. Appreciate you. Um, We'll get off of here and hopefully go enjoy the game in a few minutes here. Yeah. Um, we, didn't, we didn't quite we didn't get the first pitch like i predicted so yeah i know <laughs> not quite not quite well hey everyone listening thanks for your support please continue to listen but until next time go royals